The Max Level Podcast for December 16th, 2019 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. On with the show. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games. Any awards event is, by definition, a look backwards. Who's done something great in the preceding year? But in this category, you can look forward. If you want to see the incubator where future game greatness is evolving, it resides right here in this indie category. A little surprising, but I'm so happy to say that Sekiro Shadows Die Twice did win the official Game of the Year award at the Game Awards this past Thursday. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm so happy that it won. Yeah, I don't think any of us saw that coming, actually. Yeah, I was shocked. Huge surprise. In the reaction video, Frank and I, that we put up on our YouTube channel, which, you know, thank you guys so much. All of our videos that we did put up on the YouTube channel have been doing phenomenally well. Um, If you watch the full reaction video, while they were doing the nominees, Frank and I were talking. I was like, you know, honestly, a real Dark Horse winner still is Sekiro because it hasn't officially won anything yet. And it seems like that game should have won something by now. And it hadn't. So I, I kind of had a feeling that Jeff Keighley wasn't going to officially give the nod to Death Stranding, which I think everybody was expecting just because of all the controversy. And like, he didn't want there to be like an uproar because that won, even though it won our game of the year award. And I, and I do still stand by that. And I think that it should win several game of the year awards because it's a phenomenal game. Having it win there just because of all the stuff with him and Kojima, that it would just, it would have looked somewhat weird. So Sekiro winning is so huge for From Software. And I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy for Miyazaki. Like that studio has done so much. They produce some of my favorite games. Obviously everyone knows how big of a fan I am of like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all that kind of stuff. So them finally getting the big award, hats off to them. I cannot be I think that that was was the biggest thing for me was that From Software has been pretty pervasive in video games for the last few years. Like you said, Dark Souls and Bloodborne were huge games. Dark Souls-like games are like an entire genre now. And so for them to kind of, I guess, finally be recognized for innovating and and inventing this entire new type of video game has been I mean, it's a it's a nice nod to them. And I'm I'm glad they won, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because all of their stuff gets better. It just yeah. cons- consistently gets better. In my heart, though, Fire Emblem was the game of the year. I'm speaking with I'm speaking with pure sincerity here because I had a change of heart. The fact that the fans picked it as their player's choice, this freaking guy. I got I got you. <laughs> I'm oh, glad you're chopping up because nobody even cares what you're saying. No, you know what though? Because I, I was I was thinking about the same thing. I think Kingdom Hearts Three is probably my personal game of the year, actually. So, oh, yeah, oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't know. <laughs> this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. Max Level is a breakfast pile between four friends, actually is four friends this week, wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. On today's episode, we're finally talking Shenmue 3, Dead by Daylight's new Cursed Legacy DLC, and Shovel Knight King of Cards. From there, it was a very busy week in the gaming industry. 
and the crew takes a look back at the Game Awards, PlayStation's newest state of play, and Nintendo's latest Indie World Showcase. I'm your host, Brian. Joining us this week, we have Fire Emblem. Oh, wait, wait. Frank! Hey, guys. Sorry, wrong F word. And fuck you again. Wow. No Sean this week, so there will be Thank no... God. <laughs> none of his about none time. of his usual audio cues. Yeah, about time he took a break. No, it's kidding. Uh, none of his usual audio cues this week, so uh, you'll have to deal with that. But Kyle is here. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Frank. And good morning, Dan. Newcomer to the show. A longtime friend of mine. Someone that I uh, met in my sophomore year or right around there of high school. So I've known this guy for... A long time working with us now here at Love It On Games. It is Dan. Welcome. Yes, thank you very much. I'm glad to be a part of the team and uh, very excited. Uh, very excited. Yeah, glad glad to have you finally on board, man. Obviously, you've been with us for a little over a month now. You've got two reviews in on you and uh, just been kind of doing other things here and there. But uh, finally, nice to get you on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing a lot more from you here at Max Level going forward. Welcome to the party, not Sean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't bring the cool sound effects that Sean has, but yeah, I'm hoping uh, hoping to really contribute and maybe bring a little looter shooter stuff into this podcast. Yeah, you'll you'll fit right Ooh. in with Frank. Yeah, yeah, Frank is Frank is a uh, looter shooter guy himself. I can't wait for a hack and slash one. Hack and I was going to say we'll, we'll we'll talk some <laughs> hack and slash looter later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Very interesting. It's hard to think that anybody could fit into anything with Frank. Oh, thank you so much. I'm. I, I was kind of hoping that you were going to say that. Wow. Guys, guys, audio podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> and we got to see Frank. We got to get the jokes in because eventually we won't be able to anymore. Yeah, you're because you all, are you're losing so much weight. My, my, my goal is to become thinner than Brian, just so I can call him a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're well on your way. I think we should carry on the joke so that, like, as Frank gets skinnier, like, start making, like, really skinny jokes at him. Yeah, like, <laughs> like how'd you even, how'd you even fit in that shirt? Are you just swimming in it? You <laughs> fucking cracking the sidewalk to fall through. <laughs> oh, man, Frankie can never win, man. You can never win. <laughs> Frank couldn't be here this week. He slid down the drain in the bathtub. <laughs> Oh. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for like us to use their music for all of our content. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. We do have some games to talk about this week, and I want to kick things off with a game that makes my heart happy. I finally want to talk some Shenmue 3 game came out, obviously, uh, last month in November, and I wasn't able to get started on it as soon as I had wanted to. Uh, I obviously decided to commit to playing through Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 2 again, kind of to refresh myself on the story. You know, it's been a while. Shenmue was, I believe, 99 and Shenmue 2 was 2002 or it was 2000 here in North America for Shenmue 1 and then 2002 on the Xbox for Shenmue 2. So and I've played them since then, but it's been over 10 years since I've played these games. So I kind of wanted a little bit of a refresher and just kind of blew through those as I talked about. Didn't really do any of the side stuff, just main story stuff and was really excited to jump into Shenmue 3. And I stand by my excitement. This game is, for me, an incredible experience thus far. Obviously, I know that, you know, this game has some issues because it does, but that doesn't really matter to me. Unlike Frank in Kingdom Hearts 3, I can <laughs> differentiate between what I feel like is a personal 
you know, one of the better games of this year. And is it really a better game this year type of a, of a, you know, mentality? Because when you look at Shenmue 3 compared to like all these other amazing games that came out in 2019, no, it doesn't stand up in terms of, you know, everything else. But for me, it absolutely does. And, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have put this in any of my categories for our game of the year stuff last year that we or not last year, last week that well, we talked we don't, about because we don't have a category for best Dreamcast game. Well, and that's the thing, man. It does have a, a high resemblance to what you would think a modern Dreamcast game would look like. And I don't think that's necessarily a negative thing. I think that is for fans of Shenmue, for people that wanted the authenticity of Shenmue to still exist. I think that it actually is a a strong point that it does just look like a modern Shenmue game. I've seen that, you know, through um, I'm sorry, amongst fans on social media and on Reddit and on Reset Era that a lot of diehard Shenmue fans actually appreciate the way that it does look because it does feel like we're playing a modern Dreamcast game. And I think that's one of the biggest selling points of the game for people that enjoyed the first and second. Uh, plus the fact that you, know, you could ride those uh, forklifts around. That's a big selling point as well. Well, there, uh, you know, there's there's always been forklift stuff in Shenmue and it's it's been a staple of the series. So, you know, why 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 change what works? Why change what works? You can tell me I've been doing some Shenmue research because, you know, I promise I'm going to play those games. Uh, I said I was going to and it's going to happen. I, I And, you know, I think that you would struggle to get into the first and second because they are such dated, antiquated games. You know, we we've talked about it before that. You know, they have the tank controls and, and it just any type of control, even Shenmue 3 to an extent. It doesn't have tank controls, but it still has a lot of like what made the controls in Shenmue 1 and 2 still there in Shenmue 3. So you do still have to like go into first person mode and look at things and then, you know, examine them and all of these things that, it you know, the menu system is tedious sometimes, but it's Shenmue and it works for those that appreciated the original games for me. I just like being back in that setting. Like I've waited 17 years to see this story continue. I'm probably going to have to wait another if if ever now. Now with, you know, Shenmue 4 a, up in the air, who maybe they'll do a Kickstarter for it. I really don't know. But the game is still not done. I mean, this. Oh, oh, oh that was the question I was really going to ask you was uh, I, didn't want, I don't want to progress you too far through this. No, please. D- 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 does this story wrap up? for you like absolutely not absolutely not it does wrap up a couple loose ends that were started in Shenmue 1 and 2 but Shenmue was originally planned to be across all mediums an 11 chapter story now Shenmue 1 was chapter 1 there was a manga in between Shenmue 1 and 2 that came out in Japan that is chapter 2 Shenmue 2 was chapter 3, 4, and I think 5. Like they, because they, Yu Suzuki, the creator of the game, realized that he wasn't going to be able to make 11 games out of Shenmue. Like he wanted to, but he could see the writing on the wall. So he put chapters 3, 4, and 5 into Shenmue 2. Chapter, I'm sorry, Shenmue 3. I believe takes it up to only 40 or 50% complete. Oh, wow. And in terms of like overall story. So there's still a lot of loose ends. There's still a lot of story to be told. And, you know, it's just nice being back in this world, seeing things that, you know, I hadn't seen 
in so such a long time in terms of originality and original content. Um, I, I just I like the interactions between Rio and, and Shenhua. Like it, it's still, you know, now we're in uh, Bailu Village for Shenmue 3, which is over in somewhere in China, Hong Kong area. Um, you know, Rio left Japan at the end of Shenmue 1. So, you know, Shenmue 2 was all in the, the city of Hong Kong and then different areas in and around there. And then now Shenmue 3 in Bailu Village. I'm roughly 15 hours into the game. I feel like I'm probably halfway I'm not 100% sure. I know this game, depending on, and I'm trying to see everything. I'm trying to do everything in one playthrough, trying, and I'm not using, there are no guides, first of all, because I did look to see, like, kind of help out for, like, side quests, because I tried, I didn't want to miss anything, but there really isn't anything out there available. So I am just trying to meticulously play this game, search everywhere, make sure that I'm talking to everybody like, you know, like you would do in a normal old school JRPG so that I don't miss anything. And so I feel like I'm probably halfway through uh, I think you can get anywhere from 30 to 60 hours out of this game. I might even only be a fourth of the way through. I have no idea. But story wise, I think I'm probably like main story wise, probably about halfway through. And you can go back and, and do certain things as long as you don't progress past certain days, because it does run off of like a, a clock type system, uh, just not real time. But soundtrack still incredible, uh, really having a, a lot of fun. The Rio, the main character, still kind of very monotone. Um, like when you're talking to people, he'll be like, you know, I, I'm looking for some thugs and they'll be like, oh, you're a you're a handsome young boy. What are you doing? I'm looking for some thugs. And like he just like he just keeps literally saying the same stuff to all of their responses to you and all of their questions. Like you really a lot of times have no control over what he I says. Sometimes, some sometimes you can. My friends. Well, in the uh, in the first and second, it was always I'm looking for some sailors. So it's just always like he always just says the same stuff. Um, you know, there's still some translation issues, but there were translation issues in Shenmue 1 and 2. So, again, it really feels like an authentic Shenmue experience. It's kind of part of the charm, though, right? With yeah, the, it, that it absolutely is. Coming through. It, it absolutely is. That's what I mean. It's it's part of the Shenmue experience and it, it doesn't. It, it's not a negative in my book. I mean, will will that translate to the review? Sure, because we're critical and I have to look at things from every aspect of, of the game. But it doesn't necessarily bother me on a personal level. Uh, Kyle, I talked to you a little bit about it when we were t- when I was still playing through like Shenmue one and two, kind of showing you right. some how how it really does resemble like because you lived in Japan for several years. And yes, Shenmue one taking place in Japan uh, how, how close it gets to certain uh, areas like Dubuita Street and all of these like just real life places. I mean, Shenmue has always been about real life places. Right. That And that's kind of the thing that has interested me most in it. And what you've told me about it is that it is kind of this daily life in Japan type thing, which is something that we don't see too frequently in Western media. We see anime and we see like futuristic Neo Tokyo type things you know like astral chain or something right you know like those are the two tokyo (laughs) those are the two types of japans that we see in western media very rarely do we see actual daily life japan daily life neighborhoods in japan like it truly is and so when you kind of started showing me these screenshots and and everything you know it was a we got into a really long conversation about it actually ended up being a really cool conversation we got into about you know what the what the neighborhoods are like in japan but that that interested me most about it yeah yeah persona also is another franchise that really does resemble like Obviously, you know, that deals with like supernatural elements in terms of like story beats, but 
it, it portrays the overall day to day life of Japan very, very well. Shenmue 3 takes place somewhere in the region of Guilin. Again, that's somewhere in in and around China. So, you know, we're, we're seeing like daily life in China now. But a typical day, you know, you're currently staying with Shenhua, which is, you know, the girl that you traveled to Bailu Village to meet up with because, you know, your destinies are linked together through the Phoenix Mirror and the Dragon Mirror. And it's all this, you know, the Shenmue's story has always been about a story of revenge for, you know, trying to go after Londi, the guy that killed your father to take the, you know, the dragon mirror. You have the Phoenix mirror still. So you end up finding out about this Bailu village in Guilin and you end up meeting Shenhua and her dad is missing now. He's also part of the, you know, the two mirrors and they're all stonemasons and they worked on this thing. They're really cool in a cave. I don't want to try not to give away too much stuff, but your your destinies have always been linked together. So you're staying at her house and Rio is not a very like romantic type of person. So everyone in the village keeps like kind of insinuating that, oh, you know, like what's going on between you and Shenhua? And he's like, uh, no, like nothing. Like, what are you talking about? And you could tell like as the days go on, they're they're being more and more endearing with the story. And and that's something that I truly do enjoy. Like you come home from going out there and trying to find all these things, trying to find these clues to like where the thugs are and in the story elements and dealing with Londi and you know, you get home at the end of the day and there's Shenhua and, you know, she's making dinner and then you guys talk and like you get you get these like amazing cutscenes of just them getting closer and closer together. Uh, will anything happen? No, because it's Rio and nothing happened in the first two games, even though he had plenty of opportunities with uh, Nozomi and Joy. So nothing's going to happen here either. But I think that's kind of fun at the same time. <laughs> yeah, get, it, get it together. Grow up here, buddy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> man. Shot, come shoot on. your shot, player. <laughs> but it's still it's still such a great experience. I mean, you know, there's still mini games. It's it still really is a a daily life simulator. You wake up, you is can choose what you no? want to do. Uh, in 1987. All right. So so Shenmue one and Shenmue one started in 1986. Uh, Shenmue two took place in 86 87, and now Shenmue three. You are in March of 1987. And I think this game, if you there's a you know, you can lose if you don't finish everything by like, I think there's like six or seven in-game months. So I think Shenmue 3 technically can go through like late summer, early fall. But most people will finish this game before summer even hits. You know, I think I think it was Frank last week that said that this year has been kind of a year of fan service for a lot of gamers and a lot of different games that have come out. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's really awesome that, you know, between Kingdom Hearts three and Shenmue three, you guys have gotten games to, you know, kind of closers, not, not entirely closers, but these follow-ups to these series that are your favorite series of all times. Like what feels better than that? You know, absolutely. 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 So it's definitely um, something that I'm going to keep plugging away at. I kind of was hoping to finish it before the show this week because I, I wanted to say that I did finish it, but I didn't. Like I said, I, I might even be halfway through. So still really enjoy my time, though. A big reason why I, I didn't finish Shenmue 3 this week is because we've been playing a lot more Dead by Daylight recently. And I couldn't be happier about that because yeah, I think the game either. is in a really it's, it's good spot best. right now. Yeah, did, I did, did you guys did, did you guys pick up Curse Legacy? Uh, well, shout out to our friends over at Behavior. They provided us with Curse Legacy. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. So, um, you know, myself, Sean and Kyle are consistently talking about DVD. We're consistently playing DVD. They, they can see the hours that we they actually sent us uh, all three of us a code. So it was really nice of them to do that. 
Um, so that way we can talk about Curse Legacy on the show. We've put a ton of hours into it over the past week, uh, really the past several weeks. But, you know, we, we really dove in this week with uh, with the DLC coming out. Rank reset obviously was this past Friday on the 13th. So I have been really enjoying my time back into DVD. I, I, you know, I'm playing it anytime that Sean and Kyle are able to. But I'm also finding myself jumping in by myself more frequently now, even more so than I was before, just because I'm having a ton of fun playing Killer again. Uh, Oni specifically, we'll talk about him for a second. Obviously, is the new killer that came out in the Curse Legacy DLC. How fun of a character is he? He's the he's the shining star of this DLC. I think you know with the last one, the Stranger the Stranger Things DLC. I think that the survivors were probably the best part of that DLC, and I think it's flipped this time. I think that the killer's the star of this one. Oni is. Really- However, Yui is the star for me of the DLC. She is definitely I, yeah, my I new know main you like, survivor. I know you like Yui a lot. I think that Oni though. I what an interesting killer uh, and what a fun killer to play against and to watch. I've actually not played him as him personally, but I've played against him multiple times. And I think he's my favorite killer to play against up to this point. I've done several matches as him as the killer, and he has since been nerfed since the last time I've played him. Uh, he, he was kind of I, I think that they realized he was a bit too powerful in his current form. So they they kind of nerfed a couple of his abilities and just made him not so like of a juggernaut. But the way that he plays has been really fun to kind of mess around with and get to learn. So he's a samurai, obviously Oni. And you start off as this like giant hulking character body armor on. And he has a a katana as a weapon. And you go around and, and as you injure survivors, they when they bleed, they leave these like little blood bubbles behind and you have to hold uh, M2, I think it is. It's either M1 or M2. can't remember exactly. I think it's M2 because M1 is your, obviously, your attack. So you absorb the blood bubbles, and that slowly powers up your ability. Once it's powered up, you turn into this, like, as Kyle likes to call it, a choo-choo train, where he, like, <laughs> he hulks up, and he starts glowing red, and you can literally, like Hillbilly, dash around the map. Except unlike Hillbilly, he's a giant character. You know, Hillbilly's more like normal size, so he's able to, con- you know, it's easier to control. You can get around corners a little bit quicker. Oni turns like incredibly slow. So as you're dashing around the map, it's, it's hard to like get around trees and get around walls. So you do have to spend a lot of time with it to get good with it. But you also kind of want to use it in spots where hopefully you can be out in the open And then your katana changes to like this club type of a weapon, spiked club. I don't know the exact name for it, but you as you're running, you can like bash the survivor with it. And it's a one hit down, even if they're not injured. Super cool killer. I've had a lot of fun playing with him, but I've also had a lot of fun playing against him, trying to learn how to best uh, uh, deal with some of his mechanics. Now, when he is hulked up like that and he's sprinting across the map, like you said, he's a very large character size wise and he glows red when he's sprinting as well. And you can hear his footsteps. I mean, it's don't, 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 don't all the way across the map. It's, it's terrifying. A, it's a choo-choo train. Anytime this guy it's starts terrifying. sprinting, it's terrifying. You know, we're like, choo-choo, like, here he comes. <laughs> and just, and just blasting through the map. It's actually really funny to watch in a way when he's not going after you. It's hilarious to watch him chasing somebody else when he's coming after you. It's the most terrifying thing on the planet. Um, I've, I've been having the most fun playing against him than I have in a long time. 
Honestly, it's been it's been really refreshing. And I think even in his initial state, I didn't feel like he was too strong. I felt like there was there was a lot of counterplay against him, you know, hide behind a tree, hide behind this or that. And you can get away. Now, he was fast, even in his non sprinting form. He was he was kind of a fast walker, but it was OK, you know, and and so, you know, I, I do got to get back in and see how he is with these changes. But I just think the game has been in such a good spot with these last couple of DLCs. They've really put their but they're all into it and it you it it you shows it shows yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely shows how how much work they've put into you know obviously we know death garden their game that was supposed to be like the successor to dead by daylight that's already failed like it's done it's no longer a thing they're, they've closed the servers like the game is just done so you know D- dead by daylight is in a good spot right now because it has the need and ability to be in a good spot. Uh, you know, this has been their bread and butter for a long time now. We're, you know, going on next year will be four years. So this this game is is still really popular, still really taking off. I still enjoy watching, you know, Angry Pug and True Talent stream this on Twitch and YouTube. Um, it's it's such a great game. And I've, I've been having a lot of fun. You know, I, I main pig as killer from the Saw DLC. And uh, have have been consistently just getting better and better as killer. But when I'm playing with you and Sean, obviously, you know, we're, we're survivors and that's still where it's most fun for me. Um, been working on Yui and I and I do want to talk about her for a few minutes because she has some very interesting perks that uh, I, I think are are worth mentioning. I, I was messing I was around with up the on one. Those perks. She actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I was I was messing around with the one for the first couple of days where uh uh, I forget what it's I, and I don't remember the names of them just because I don't have them ingrained in my mind yet. Like I do some of the other survivors perks, but the one, the, the pallet reset, that's the one that I was initially messing around with. Lucky brick. No, Lucky no, break, sorry, thank no. You. no, that's any means necessary is where you can reset the pallet. Yeah. Thank you. Any means necessary. So how that works is that, you know, when you drop a pallet, as long as the, the killer doesn't break it either, you know, by kicking it or doing, you know, like with the chainsaw or something like that, as long as they don't break it, then you can actually go stand next to that pallet, use your extra action button. And it takes about four seconds, but you reset that pallet and you can do it once every 120 seconds. So it just, you know, gives you a little bit more control over stuns and being able to create distance between yourself and the killer when you're actually being chased. It's a really cool perk, but there isn't a lot of situations where it comes in handy that much. I eventually dropped it because I just felt like it was a wasted spot. I was I and I remember saying that to you when we were playing it. You're like, it's really fun. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like they break the palette most of the time. And it, you know, and and like uh, Anarchy, is that his name? The guy that looks like Anarchy from Batman? Uh, the one that you used to play with the knife? What, what the freak is his name? Oh, Le- Legion. 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 Gosh, Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Anarchy from Batman. <laughs> looks just like him. But uh, he, uh, you know, like he likes to slide over the pallets. You know, that's part of his, part of his, you know, so I feel he'd, like. He'd be, he'd be a good killer to use it against, exactly. but you never know which killer it, you're going to go against. Exactly. Very situational, I feel like. Cool idea, yeah, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Sean, there was a perk that Sean was very interested in the one where, uh, that, that might be lucky break where you are, you run next to the killer when they're carrying somebody That's break and out. break out. Okay. See, I don't know. I don't know the names of the perks then. <laughs> um, but you run next to the killer when they're carrying a survivor to the hook and it gives the the struggling survivor on the killer's shoulder a 20% like speed boost in terms of wiggling. So you might be able to wiggle off faster. 
Sean has been actually playing a, a really fun build lately, though, where he's been using head on from Jane and just like bursting out of lockers, stunning killers as they're carrying people. And as they're running around, he's been he's been having a lot of fun. Like he, he's got this crazy build going on. And I, uh, I Kyle, I think we actually came up with a really good build for him. So he's using head on to do the stuns. He's going to be using quick and quiet so that he can like run into lockers and not make a noise at, at rank three because it's 100 percent, you know, noise reduction. So he'll be able to like be a killer will be right around the corner and he can dash into a locker and they won't hear it. Um, he's going to use he he bought the Stranger Things DLC last night because he wanted to unlock inner strength off of Nancy's web. So he's going to use that so that he can run into lockers and heal and then probably borrow time. So that that's probably his build that he's going to be what's, running. What's the one uh, from uh, Laurie Stroud where you like stab them with like a piece of glass? That's decisive strike. So there you go. That, that, way, that would probably cause them to fit in there as well, just in case you get caught. Yeah, I uh, I've been using that a little bit on Yui just because I don't have a ton of perks uh, opened up. So it's been it's been fun messing around with that again. Um, it's it, man, it, it really is such a great game. I, I kind of wish. Uh, Frank, I wish you had more time to play it still with us, but I know that you don't really have that much time to play. So. And then, uh, Dan, if you ever want to pick up Dead by Daylight. <laughs> well, I'm, no, like I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about it. And so I'm just, you know, checking out some of the screenshots and stuff. And that actually looks like a very fun game. And I think it's only like 19 bucks on Amazon right now. It's, it's really addicting. Fun. It's addicting. We play on PC. Yeah, so I know. No, and, I, mean, and, and, I need to get a PC. I need to. And and you can uh, you can play on console and you, you can actually cross play together. So you it play is, it on the it, Switch. Oh, wait, yeah, don't on. don't play it, it, it on cross, Switch. It is crossplay. It is crossplay. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. I might have to get that then. Yeah, For so sure. I, I, no, I don't it does know. go on sale regularly, though. So we're coming oh, it's, up on it's, Christmas. It's, I don't know yeah, if it's, it's going to be on sale. It's constantly on sale. Um, I don't know how it would work, like inviting you to a party off of PS4 and in terms yeah, of us being on Steam. They- I, I don't know how that works, but I do know that. You know, with uh, the the matchmaking system, we are consistently getting matched up with console players. Oh well, okay. So, um, as somebody that's kind of new to the whole PC gaming world and stuff, like for Steam, is it like an in-game party chat, or do you like jump into Steam and it's a party chat on Steam? We use Discord, but oh, there you, is. You, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I can. We I use, mean, I can always use Discord, right? We use Discord. Yeah, we use Discord. Okay. So. okay. No, it's it's definitely something I want to check out. I think it'd actually be really fun to stream. Oh, it's one of the best games to stream. Yeah, I, I can I just imagine the fun people would be having watching me stream it's, something it's like this. Like that's when when Kyle was streaming, it's literally one of the main games he played. Um, it, it literally gets you a, a decent viewership, too, because it's still one of the most popular games on Twitch on a consistent yeah, basis. I, I, like I said, just hearing you guys talk about it and seeing some of these screenshots, I kind of just want to buy it uh, like right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. So hopefully right, you check cool. it out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. The last game that I briefly want to talk about this week and not even I want to talk about, but I'm going to pass this over to Kyle here in a second. You've been playing some King of Cards from Shovel Knight. I've been waiting for this for so long, and I feel like anybody that's been playing Shovel Knight, if you don't know what King of Cards is, if you don't know what Shovel Knight is, get on that, first of all, because Shovel Knight (laughs) is a phenomenal game. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, But when they release Shovel Knight, which is this kind of side-scrolling platforming adventure game where you play this knight who has a shovel and he uses that to attack. And it kind of resembled like a Mega Man game almost, you know, and I think that's probably the closest comparison that could be made as an old school Mega Man game. They released DLC packs for this, you know, and, and promised a certain amount of DLC packs to the purchasers of the complete edition of the game, which is called Treasure Trove. And every DLC pack has essentially been a brand new game, right? Easily. Easily. I mean, I mean, the gameplay changes so significantly. And what they've done is they've they've made it so that 
some of the villains in the game, some of the bosses that you fight against when you're Shovel Knight become the main character of this new DLC pack. And they get their own campaign entirely, sometimes with brand new levels. And sometimes the campaign doesn't even resemble anything in the original campaign. So so you're essentially playing new games. It's essentially sequels. Like It's hard to even call them DLC. And it's hard to believe that I'm getting these for free just because I got, you know, the complete edition of the game. That doesn't feel right. And I know that they are actually upping the price of the game pretty soon as well, because it's you're essentially buying four games when you buy Shovel Knight. So I think it's going up to forty dollars from the original twenty-five, and I think that's oh, wow. reasonable. Still, still yeah, that's reasonable. Sense. Still, hella worth it. It's you know, it's it's a really fun game. So, th- so this latest one is King of Cards, where you play as one of the bosses from the first game, called named uh, King Knight. And, you know, and and I mean, kind of one of my favorite things about how they've been doing this DLC is when you go back and you play Shovel Knight again, if you realize that every single character in Shovel Knight is the main character of their own story and they all have these wildly fleshed out backstories that you have no idea about until you kind of start diving into these DLCs and you get to experience all of these who are villains to you originally, but but are the heroes of their own story and aren't necessarily bad guys. You know what I mean? They're actually just kind of misled, maybe, you know, and they've got kind of tragic stories sometimes. There's this kind of cryptic but very deep, neat lore in the Shovel Knight universe that's really fun to get into when you start playing all of the stories together. In King, you know, with King Knight's story, King of Cards, he is this newly crowned king who plays, you know, kind of similar to Shovel Knight, has a couple new abilities. He has this dash attack, this spin attack that he can kind of, you know, like uh, bounce off of things, kind of like the the down attack of Link with his sword, uh, but it bounces off of stuff. It's very a very fun attack to use, and you have to use it. You have to kind of perfect this bounce in order to get over gaps and to and to use it over things. Also mixed in there is a card game called Joustus, and that's kind of his main focus of his story is to become the best Joustus player in the land. He wants to be this Joustus master. It does not feel a little bit like The Witcher 3, right? I mean, very tongue-in-cheek showing kind of kind of the Gwent aspect of Witcher 3. And while there is this larger quest that needs to be done, all of the characters are preoccupied playing cards. And I, you know, very, very purposefully done that way. I, I, I do think, you know, it shows kind of tongue in cheek how silly of an idea that was, but how well it worked. And I, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have been giving that a little bit of flack. They don't think that the Joustus game is fun. They kind of think it kind of slows down the gameplay. I've been having a little bit of fun with Joustus. It is easy to understand, kind of difficult to master. Yeah, it seems simplistic enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm not, I'm not super far into the game. Uh, I do hope that it gets a little more difficult. I hope that I really have to, you know, plan out my card attacks and everything against against some opponents in the future because it it is kind of a fun game and it, and it will it does have some mechanics that I think will be difficult as as the game progresses. But if you do play Shovel Knight, if you have Treasure Trove, it is worth diving back in. You already own this update and it is a brand new game for you to go and play. If you do not own Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, get it and get it before it's, the it's price. time to buy it it's time because, to buy it <laughs> oh absolutely gosh it is it is such a fun game like i said it's one of my favorite games one of the best games i've played in the last five years i would oh, say wow, okay so it's it is it is a very fun game especially if you like side scrolling action platformers 
It is very tightly made, very well made. I can't I can't speak highly enough of Shovel Knight, obviously. And now it's going to be exciting to see because this is the end of Shovel Knight. This, this is the what, last the end bit of, of content. This, yes, the end correct, of this installation correct, the end of, of Shovel this, Knight. The end of this game. That's what I was about to say. It's going to be exciting to see what Yacht Club Games does next in terms of this franchise or this IP now. Shovel Knight 64. I, well, the the you know rumor what? was that they were, you know, just going to be taking it through the generations. Right. So there is the possibility that we see like a a say something like that. It could be. I would I would be OK with that just because I trust Yacht Club Games by this point. Oh, they'd make, it, it'd be great think, whatever they do, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of a single company, too, who has been so open and free with their content, you know, and have and have devoted so much time to a single title and provided these updates essentially free if you own the full game. So it's it's been very refreshing to deal with a company like that and to see them be so devoted to their fan base. Now, also with this, they added the full edition of the Shovel Knight Showdown, which is kind of the battle, you know, you collect the gems against other players and everything else, which which half came out earlier this year i still haven't even dove into that because honestly i that's not why i play shovel knight is to play against other characters i play it for these really charming 2d sprite characters that are so funny there's a lot of humor in the games uh but also like a, a very deep endearing story as well with a lot of emotional uh twists and turns so i feel like this game is a game that kind of has if you like action platformers it has a little something for everybody if you like the old Mega Man games it's a no-brainer yeah yeah i'm really looking forward to checking it out like i said i just didn't have a chance to do so because i was trying to get shenmue 3 done this week but uh, obviously i have the dlc because as long as you own the game as you said you have the dlc <laughs> i uh I, I definitely want to check this out and it's going to be something that uh hopefully i'm able to do so by the end of yeah, the year let me know when you do yeah i'm looking forward to it i really am all right, Frank, it's up time to update the game challenge for this week. Did you finish anything over the past yeah, two yes. weeks, actually? So you have I two have. weeks to go back on. OK, uh, yeah, we only have one game I beat. Um, All right, whatever. Still, that's fine. So I picked up a game that was on sale on the Switch called Membrane. And OK, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a puzzle game. Uh, it normally goes for about 10 bucks. It was on sale for a dollar. Wow, um, nice. Uh, but it, it's 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 physics based and there's no right or wrong way to solve the puzzle as long as you solve the puzzle. Uh, which is my kind of deal because you know this way I can just think outside the bun. I've not heard of this. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I pulled up the Metacritic on it to see like, if, like, for my own personal gauge, uh, it's it's at a seventy-one. I would have put it probably at a seven out of ten. Uh, it, it was. It, it's 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 cool. It's it's portalesque at certain times. It, it, there's lots of different. There's lots of different elements from different puzzle games, but uh, the art style would you would absolutely love this game, Brian. Like it's just. It's crazy. It it's weird. Uh, and I think it's still on sale for a dollar. So you really can't beat the price right now. Yeah, I'll check it out after uh, after we're done recording today. I'll, I'll look into it and probably pick it, it up. Was, honestly, it was because Black Friday hit. I was like, you know what? I bet you there's games on sale on Switch. And really, there weren't many. But this is one of them that was cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, finishing membrane takes you up to 50 games for the year. You should be at 50. Oops, so you're right where you need to be. Oh. Two more. Yeah, we got two oh. more weeks of the two more weeks of the show. So. Uh, the 23rd and the 30th. So that'll, that'll take us up. To the I was 52. telling Brian, this time of year kills me because I try not to buy video games because I put my wish list out there and I might get them for Christmas. But if I don't get, but if I don't get these presents I that I want that, on yeah. Christmas, so, <laughs> I'm going to be upset because I'm almost like a child. Like, Oh, I could have bought these games for myself and played them <laughs> months ago. Right. Right. Um, I, myself, I only finished one game as well over the past, uh, 
well, week and a half or so. I finally got around to finishing Crystar. It's a game that I've been plugging away at in terms of a JRPG since it came out in like August. I've uh, just been kind of slowly chipping away and taking my time with it. Uh, did finally finish that. So that takes me to 102 games for the year so far. I should be at 100, so I'm too ahead of where I need to be. I'm probably going to finish right around 105. So, so we both we both need to finish two games before the end of the year. We both need to finish two games for the end of the year, but I'll, I'm most likely going to finish three because I know I'm going to finish Shenmue three and then I'll probably finish um, one or two other things. So I'll probably finish one or two games ahead of my goal of 104. So it's, it's going to hurt you because the new DLC for Borderlands three comes out the 19th. This, so. Yeah, I was going to say this coming up week. So, you know what? I think if you do finish Shovel Knight King of Cards, I think that counts as a full game. I would oh, it count absolutely it. would. Yeah, it would. Absolutely. Because okay. like I said, the, the those games, uh, the DLC, as you mentioned, they basically are standalone full games just being released for free as an update. They really are. So but that music right there means it's time for the seven day forecast for the week of December 16th. Busy week. But first, yeah, <laughs> super busy week. <laughs> We've got some Metacritic results to get to from the two weeks ago. Last week was our Game Awards show, obviously, so we didn't do anything last week. But uh, myself and Frank back on the episode after Thanksgiving, there was four games we talked about. Arise, a simple story. I said 81. Frank, you said 77. 21 reviews. 80, the official Metacritic. I was closest with the guest of 81. Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions was next. I said 76 and Frank, you said 69. Only three reviews for this game, so there's no Metacritic. We had to throw it out. Darksiders Genesis was next. I said 73. Frank, you said 76. 47 reviews, 77. The Metacritic score. Frank, you're closest with 76. And if you remember, Star Ocean First Departure R, I said 82. Frank's at 82. <laughs> 16 reviews, 71. The official Metacritic. Myself and Frank closest with 82, which means it does end in a tie this week. But that's good because it doesn't really matter anyway who won this week. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, there was a clear winner this week, though. Uh, yeah. Was there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I did go. I was over, over and you were under. I was over and you were under. Price is right. Yeah, you did win. Yep. I, good luck. I, I, need, I just need to get that win in there just to get myself Yeah, take, take the win. You're right. We tied on points, but Price is right rule. Uh, you, you, you're no longer sitting at the bottom of the barrel. That brings you up to tied with Kyle for the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still in first with 14 points. Sean in second with seven points. Frank and Kyle both sitting at five points now for the year. But yeah, thank, thanks for the prices right rule. Frank does get the uh, get the win. Kyle and I are actually pulling our points together, so we're in second place. <laughs> like a, it's like it's like at the end of Monopoly when everybody's exactly. just mad they're yes. playing. They're like, all right, we're a team now. So uh, as Sean would say, congratulations, Frank. You are the big bad booty duty city verdict champion. Of Love It All Games, and you do get to choose the uh, pick of the week this week. Uh, tough choice this week as we move now to the seven day forecast for the week of December 16th. Nothing today, Monday, December 16th. Moving on to tomorrow, Tuesday, December 17th. Coming to PC, PS4, a game that Kyle is very interested in. Watam. Immerse yourself in the creative mind of Kaiti Takahashi in Watam. Explore a lonely world where everything has vanished and all seems lost. Play solo or same screen co op to help Mayor rediscover the joys of friendship restore his lost memories and reconnect with the world itself. This game looks so cool, man. It, it looks it, it looks, looks so silly. absolutely charming. It looks so cool. Uh, we are going to take a shot at this one. Let's go ahead and do uh, Metacritic guesses. That way we have something to uh, go off of the next time we do have games to talk about. <laughs> Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's a 78 from me and 82 from Dan. A 68. Ooh, but Kyle guessing not enough reviews, having to throw it out. 
for uh, for Wadham and a 78 as well. So Frank and I tied. Uh, why? Why a 68? Why? Yeah, it seems pretty niche. I imagine it's probably going to be kind of short. I think it'll probably be a little buggy. Um, you know, it just looks like one of those games that I'm going to pick up half on. I definitely plan on playing this with my four year old and kind of, co- uh, you know, co-op with him on the same screen. I I don't think it's going to be a great game, but I think it's going to be a game that I do have a ton of fun with with my kid. It's been it's been a game that so many people have been talking about that I, I actually could potentially see this being somewhat good i don't know i i I hope that's the case yeah but i'm also glad that i'm like way down there by myself it opens up a wide range of scores that i might win yeah you've got you well you know if five points if we fell right in the middle like if it felt like a pull ahead from frank uh, leave frank in the dust and then i'm splitting up from him we're not pulling points anymore he can be at the end Uh, all right, moving on. Nothing on Wednesday, December 18th, Thursday, December 19th, or Friday, December 20th. That's right. Just one game this week. So, uh, Frank, what's the pick of the week? I'm going to go for the Xbox release of Untitled Goose Game. No. Um, <laughs> it does come out this week. It really does. It, but, does. Uh, it, it, it comes out uh, Tuesday, December 17th. Yeah, as, do, as does Borderlands DLC on Thursday and Untitled yeah. Goose Game on PS4 Tuesday as well, but uh, that, that, those are the only things of note. Uh, but yeah, Wadham obviously because only one game. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't include that kind of stuff. Generally, just only put new stuff on the uh, seven day forecast. So, uh, and, and don't really include DLC that often on here either. But yeah, Wadham, your official pick of the week this week for the uh, Max Level Podcast. It does look like a fun game. I may check it out myself eventually, depending on on your impressions, Kyle. So we'll have to wait and see. It's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to the Runaway Night theme from 1980X, as this week Brian and Frank take a look back at some of the best soundtracks from games that released in 2019. Enjoy. But nothing could beat the rush of the highway. Speeding cars, reminding me that there was a way out, a road to somewhere. The city on the horizon. I'd drive all night to get to that place. Don't forget to catch this week's episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast this Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice. But it's been an exciting past couple days for video game news and in the industry and some some interesting things that I don't think anybody was expecting to happen over the past week did show up. Uh. I don't think anyone expected Next Generation to appear at the Game Awards, but it was there. It was absolutely there and it was there in full force. I think probably the biggest reveal and the biggest uh, world premiere of the Game Awards. Would you agree? 
Oh, without question, what we're and we're gonna kick things off with Microsoft. Uh, well, so, uh, without okay, I was, question. I was besides Fast and the Furious, but but the Xbox was uh, well. Up there. I mean, Fast and the Furious was was so big that it was the final reveal of the show. I mean, come on, that 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 got the the spotlight, man. It's what they wanted to end with that, and rightfully so, I'd say that that's like a big one more I a big one more sar- moment. I send some sarcasm sor- towards Mr. Dom Toretto. How dare you? That, that's like the big, you know, like the big reveal at the end of Microsoft's conference uh, E3 two years ago when they oh, yeah. when they showed Cyberpunk. I mean, I think this is bigger. This is much bigger, I'd say. Take off your shirt. <laughs> that was such an awkward sequence. Well, he was trying to recreate a your beautiful moment. Yes. That, yeah. that, that guy your, that yelled, take your off your shirt. Yeah. You're breathtaking. That's what I meant to say. It, yeah. It ended up just being very weird and a little, <laughs> a little kind of hashtag me too ish. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> strange, strange moment. But no, this this Xbox release, please continue because this was cute. And I, I think it took the world by surprise. Nobody expected it. I mean, you, you could see like when, when Jeff Keighley was talking about it, he's like, you know, there's been a lot of speculation on the Internet. Uh, you guys like to think certain things are going to show up, but sometimes we have something that nobody expects. And then they kick to this trailer and Frank and I are sitting there watching it, you know, trying to like figure out what the fuck is going on. And, you know, they show a car driving. I was like, OK. And then they show, you know, like FIFA or soccer ish game. And they're like, OK. And then Frank and then they show Master Chief. I was like, okay. (laughs) And then it like pans out to like this see through massive rectangle floating above like what looks like water and like a ring of halo in the sky. And it slowly starts like materializing. And Frank's like, this is this is the new Xbox. And as soon as he said it, like it materialized into the new Xbox. And it was a really cool moment. Because, you know, we we know that next generation is literally less than 12 months away. Holiday 2020, uh, most likely it will be November. You know, we'll have one one day of the November will be the Xbox. And then one week later or one week prior will be the PlayStation 5. We now know what used to be known as Project Scarlet is called Xbox Series X. This still, still is need to shop that name. Uh, no, it's going to it's that's that is the name. And it has grown on me. I'm with Frank. I, I do feel like they kind of need to workshop, go back to the blueprints a little bit. It's OK. They won't, though. They I know. won't, though, because now they've revealed the name. Now they won't change it. But this is next gen. There's been a lot of confusion on this. Even even I think Sean was even confused uh, in, in Discord. A lot of people thought originally this was just another version of the Xbox One X. Which is, is what the world needs. We've not had enough of those. We've so. not had enough Xbox Ones. But no, this actually legitimately is next gen. It does launch holiday 2020. Uh, it is going to be backwards compatible. And according to a Kotaku source, the diskless version is still planned as well and will have specs on par with the current Xbox One X. So that is still going to be coming uh, sometime, whether at launch or shortly thereafter. Before we start talking about our impressions and some of the things about Xbox Series X, I do want to compare the specs to it in comparison to like an Xbox One X, which is the most powerful console on the market at the moment. Uh, Xbox One X definitely quite a bit more powerful than the PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, In terms of CPU, the Xbox Series X has an eight core targeting around 3.5 gigahertz on the Xbox One X. It is an eight core, but it only runs about 2.3 gigahertz and it's an AMD customized Jaguar evolved uh, CPU. So quite a bit more power in the CPU there. The GPU for the Xbox Series X is a custom processor 
And then for the Xbox One X, it was an AMD modified RX 580. Uh, Xbox One X can do about six teraflops of computing power. The Xbox Series X does 12, so double, which is massive in terms of why it's able to have ray tracing, why it's able to, you know, be able to target 4K 60 frames per second. Uh, The Xbox Series X and eventually the PlayStation 5, when we find out the specific specs on it, uh, these are going to be powerhouse machines. That's why they're going to retail right around $499, if not, maybe even more. Who knows? Uh, In terms of RAM, the Xbox Series X has 16 gigabytes total, 13 gigabytes allocated to games, three gigabytes for the operating system. For the Xbox One X, it had 12 total, uh, nine gigabytes for games and three for the operating system as well. The storage for Xbox One X was a one terabyte hard drive for the Xbox Series X. It's going to be a custom non-volatile memory express solid state storage. So kind of similar to what they're doing with the PS5. It's going to have, you know, like a custom SSD, which is going to allow games to load really, really, really quick. I am liking what I've seen, and I initially I didn't think that the design of the Xbox Series X was anything really to write home about, but it's kind of grown on me. I sort of like it. I like that it just looks like a like a mid-sized PC tower because Microsoft is kind of embracing the fact that Xbox and PC are kind of really the same thing at the most. Yeah, part. <laughs> I, th- I think they're leaning, leaning into that a little bit again. Like we talked about before a few weeks ago, I do think that's a good thing. I think that they should lean into that. PC's Microsoft bread and butter. It really is. Exactly. And so I think the more they lean into that, the better. I think that the Xbox Series X should kind of be a console PC hybrid in order to bridge that gap between console and hybrid, because currently there's nothing that does that. There, well, Steam tried, but failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, I mean, it didn't. It, have you used a Steam Link? Uh, I have Steam Link. Yes, I've used They're a Steam bad. Link. Yeah, it's They're bad. It's OK. It's not the greatest. It's pretty <laughs> it's bad. It's not the greatest. <laughs> it's pretty it's terrible. not the greatest. Um, <laughs> they gave me one for free for buying a. Uh... Some game. Like a, yeah. I, yeah. I know, they, I I know, I know they were I know they were giving them away pretty much for oh, because they were just trying to get rid of them. Yeah, they don't even they don't even do them anymore. I don't even, they even yeah. make them anymore. And for good reason. It, there does need to be a console there. I think there is a market to bridge that gap between console and PC. And I think if they lean into that, which it looks like they are. Stadia. Stadia, Stadia. Stop it. <laughs> I think that this could be that important link. Uh I you know, I I still want to see and I think over the course of the next year, we are going to see a lot more games, you know, and, and the the release titles that are going to come out for the Series X. I'm excited to see how that looks, because so far what we've seen looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, finding more information out about Series X, probably uh, not that far away. Obviously, we, we know that uh, I, I think there will be a major blowout of information before E3. Uh, we, we know that there will be a PlayStation meeting for the PlayStation 5 sometime in the first half of, of 2020. Can't and wait. then Microsoft's probably going to follow up sometime with another event of theirs. But Dan, someone that uh, someone that was a, a major Nintendo fan, a good chunk of their life and recently switched to PS4. What uh, what are you thinking about what you saw on Xbox Series X? I mean, I like it. Um, I'm, I'm excited for next gen. It's crazy that we're already talking about it. The way they're trying to cut down the load times, like you said, they're trying to bridge that gap with PC. I mean, I'm very excited to see where this is all heading. I am curious, though, on how a discless version will do. I know, like, just kind of like looking at games, it still seems like like games, as far as deals on games, you seem to get more deals on physical copies than you do on 
on digital oh, copies. Abso- absolutely. And and I mean, that's that's especially like when you look at like the switch. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> A lot of times digital games just don't go on sale nearly as often as the physical copies do. So it, it will be interesting to see how that works. And also, as, as you mentioned, like it'll be it'll be interesting for the discless version just because it's going to be similar in power to what is currently available with the Xbox One X. Correct. So clearly games will have to be downscaled some to be able to run on their more affordable platform now. That doesn't matter to some people. I mean, there were a lot of people that never upgraded their PS4 to the PS4 Pro or they never updated their Xbox one to the Xbox, you know, one X. Like some people just don't care about not having like the best looking stuff or the best running stuff. They just want to play a game and have fun. So I can see why, you know, if the Series X is four ninety nine, like we think it's going to be and whatever they're going to call the the version that is all digital is say 199 or 250 then i could see a lot of people be like well i probably sacrificed some power just for for cost and price so they they might still do well but you mentioned the load times and we do know that microsoft is going to be utilizing xcloud heavily with series x that will allow you to be able to play the game pretty much immediately after you start downloading it you'll be able to jump in and at least play some of it because they're going to be utilizing that xbox in the cloud to be able to do that which is going to be really cool yes it's going to be a very good thing like i just had a buddy um pick up uh call of duty for um black friday and uh he he has decent internet and it took him like 12 hours to get the game yeah. downloaded <laughs> and play. Like, well, it's we because it's fucking 110 gigabytes uh, yeah, to download that it, game it, well yeah very it's true ridiculous. And, yeah we, we planned on playing and he's like dude this thing says like 12 hours i'm like ah you should be fine and then it's like yeah literally 12 hours later he's like all right dude i'm ready to go and i'm so that's it'd just be nice to get those, you know, where you can essentially buy the game and pretty much be ready to go. Yeah, I remember when I downloaded uh, Modern Warfare, I was like, this is ridiculous. And it comes in like six steps. Yes. You have to download the game and then the multiplayer and then some fucking challenges. And it's like, what is the point in all yeah, this? Yeah, I didn't understand that <laughs> whatsoever. I'm sitting here like, what the hell is going on? Why is it doing this? <laughs> so stupid. Yes. So it, it will be able to, you know, it'd be nice to be able to stream things like that. Um through the cloud and Sony also partnering up with Microsoft to take advantage of the X cloud architecture as well. So So smart. Yeah. uh, I think that is brilliant on their part because it really is a a feature that is necessary as we move into an, a a digital age and an all the age where these games are over a hundred gigabytes now. Correct. It's It's ready. We want to buy the game and we want to play it. You know, I mean, just think of, you know, all the kids and stuff that are be getting playstations or Xboxes for Christmas and the parents don't know any better. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The struggles, man, the struggles. Used to just have to put a cartridge in the system and play. Yes. Not anymore. Not anymore. I still, I I still think they, they really need to work this name because to me, it has the same, it has the same thing as like the Wii and the Wii U. And that's, I think, why a lot of that's why there was a lot of confusion at first, because people thought it was just an Xbox One X different version because it Correct. has an X at the end. And yeah, I mean, how many different we've had Xbox S, Xbox X. I mean, so, yeah, I can see how people would understand that. They, they, could, have, they could have kept their X thing. They could have been like the Xbox X stream or something stupid like that. Or, or, oh, Jesus. That's I, know, I, I know. That's <laughs> All right, Frank, you're fired. Frank's out of the, out of the thinking room. But like, if, if X was their big selling point or even the Xbox with 
two X's you know, at the end. Okay, Frank. Let's box them. All right, Frank. <laughs> we see where you're going with this, and I think it's a little over the top. <laughs> um, there's been some debate, though, on, like, what we abbreviated to. Obviously, you know, like, Xbox One was XBO. Um X-Bone, people called it. Yeah, so that was a big I, one. I've seen a lot of, you know, abbreviations down to, like, XSX. Uh, some people have just been calling it the SX. But I've seen a lot of people calling it the Xbox Sex. Yeah, the sex box. Yeah. So there was a meme I was seeing on Reset Era that, you know, Microsoft clearly knew what they were doing moving from the X-Bone to the Xbox sex. Like they're, they're, they're keeping that, they're keeping that alive. Uh, I forgot about <laughs> X-Bone. That's a good one. That's what Sean still calls it. Calls it the yeah. old X-Bone. That's a yeah. good one, man. I, uh, I, I am looking forward to Series X though. I mean, Jessica and I were just talking the other day after the game awards, like, you know, how we're going to be able to, to manage picking up both the, uh, both the Series X and the PS5 this November, uh, because, you know, it is something that we're going to need access to in order to continue doing my job. <laughs> yeah, my wife's already rolling her eyes. I told her, you know, during the Game Awards, they had the Xbox uh, next-gen release, and she already knows I want a PS5, and she's just rolling her eyes well, you got to get it. I mean, oh, you got it. It's, sure. it's, it's, an, it's sure. a no-brainer. It's yeah, a no-brainer. I mean, start it's, saving it's, your it's pennies done. now. I mean, you got to I've already started saving, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I literally have, too. Like, I have some set aside for next year. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able uh, to... I've legitimately started. I started up an Acorns account, the, the thing that like, saves your money, like rounds it all off. Okay, literally, yeah. It's, it's literally how I'm buying my video game nah, system. That's, that's smart. I, I, that's smart. I, I, I'm on track to have a grand by November. Just and that's, what you, that, that's what you need. That'll get you at least yeah. the, the consoles. And then, you know, just through regular spending money that you have on a month to month basis, you should have enough for like a game or two. So, yeah. And then if you what, if you pre-order through Amazon, they don't take the money out until it ships. Until that. Yep. So always, always, always pre-order the consoles on Amazon when they Correct. go up. Yeah. That's why I did the PS4. Yep. I, uh, I, I always pre-order on Amazon, but then I will potentially go put like five dollar not five but like fifty dollars down at gamestop just in case because a lot of times amazon will like not ship it in time and i'll be damned if i don't have it on day one <laughs> yes yeah, i'm the same way man same way <laughs> and especially with all the issues frank has with amazon it scares me sometimes it, I, amazon does not love me uh but uh i didn't oh, say really? that for, for, for the switch i drove all around long island because of that damn uh amazon yeah, I, I I drove down the street and picked it up in uh, Fairlawn at, at a at a GameStop. I I pre-ordered it there. But not only did we see Xbox Series X, we saw the first game reveal for Xbox Series X. I don't think I've ever been so happy in my life. Yeah, from Ninja Theory, we <laughs> saw the reveal of Senua Saga Hellblade Two, a follow up to was it twenty? It had to have been twenty eighteen, right? Twenty yeah, had to have been. yeah, last year, uh, Hellblade said it was sacrifice yes i am loving what we saw and it was just obviously an in-engine trailer uh just probably something that won't even be in the in-game I'm, I'm assuming that sequence is not in game that probably just was there to showcase certain well, things it's about a licensed the game song so i doubt it yeah a licensed song from a band that i don't even know how to pronounce some nordic uh high lung yeah, Nor Norwegian type band, really, really crazy looking group, but uh, really cool it, sounding it, as well. It looks like Heilung, but it's probably like Hafluga. <laughs> <laughs> but in this trailer, we see Senua sound, uh, surrounded by a bunch of entities and creatures, and she's doing some like Nordic Norwegian type war chant while a giant beast comes alive on the mountain. Crazy, crazy, crazy looking. But Senua's sacrifice, the original Hellblade, was also 
incredibly crazy in the way that Ninja Theory used like the uh, binaural beats and the, you know, the the strong emphasis on like mental health and all of these different things. Like it was a, a very emotional, beautifully well done game. And I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with this, because like her journey for the most part was wrapped up at the end of Senua's Sacrifice. Like that was a complete story and it was done. So I'm curious where they go with this. I know where I would love it to go, but it just can't happen because it would be Microsoft and uh, Sony working together. And that's not going to happen. Kratos is not going to show up in this game. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. OK, so I've never actually played Senua's Sacrifice Hellblade. I think you should. I honestly yeah, I've think never you played should it as well. I know we've talked about it and I know that I like actually need Kyle, to. Kyle, you got a PS4? I do have a PS4. Well, Merry Christmas. I'm going to send it your way. You guys that game. Franklin. Frank, uh, stop it. Frank, Frank, Frank always likes to send like uh, digital games out for Christmas. So I've, awesome. I mean, I've only heard good things. I will say that this this trailer was incredible. Looks amazing. Made me uncomfortable, which I think it was supposed to. It was right? definitely supposed to. The first game yes. makes you incredibly uncomfortable. Like uh, Frank, you know, played it when it first came out. Talk to me and we've talked about this before on the show, but, you know, tried to get me for a year to play this game and I finally broke down into it. So, um, you know, I finally did play it earlier this. No, did I play it this year, Frank? I think you played it this year. Yeah. Did I? I This game. When did Hellblade come out? Now I have to check because I almost feel like it. It was 2017. OK, because I feel so like played, I played it. So I played so it so last played year. Okay. I played it last year because I didn't think I played it this year because I remember uh, Sean and Kyle weren't on the show yet when I when we had talked about it and I had played it. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> That's why I had to think, like, when did it actually come out? But so they they made this game to where you feel uncomfortable while you play it. Like it has heavy emphasis, uh, heavy emphasis on like whispering these binaural beats that, you know, when you play the game and, <laughs> and, and, and Frank, I'd almost tell you to just buy it for him on Steam. Because <laughs> not not even PS4, because it, it's, 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 it's even easier for me than just to do it on. Uh, Steam it, it, it runs so much better on PC and like you can really take advantage of a lot of different things on, on the PC version of the game. But the, the way that, you know, when you're playing with your headset on and everything, dude, it, it is so, so unsettling. And it's 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 so good. Yeah, you will have to play this with your headphones on, Kyle. There's no questions about it. The game needs to be played with headphones on. And they tell you that like you can if you play it without headphones on, you're missing out on the experience. Oh, wow. Why would I play it with uh, who plays things without headphones on? Do people do that? Idiots. Frank. Oh, no. Frank. <laughs> no, I know every every honestly, every game I play, I have headphones on. I've, I've since switched to that as well. Even when I'm playing PS4. I switched out. I mean, I have my headphones plugged into my controller when I'm on PS4. Well, I actually USB because I like my onboard sound thing to get the seven one surround sound. But I, I plug uh, even on the switch. I have a uh, aux cable that connects my headset to the switch. Just OK, I, I don't prefer it. I don't do it on the switch because I'm not yeah, a I was gonna say I don't on the switch yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I I'm too addicted to my HyperX headset to like the way that it makes everything sound that I have to literally play every game with this headset on. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Kyle, when you play the first Hellblade, I think we're going to have to talk about it again on the show because I definitely uh, want to get your thoughts on that because you, you're really going to enjoy this game. I, I think you're going to be emotionally invested because I know I was. It's, it's a game that's uh, it's a game that's definitely going to hit you hard. It really will. That's going to go on my uh, my backlist of games to beat for uh, 2020 then. 
because I'm I'm knocking games out 2020. It's the year of uh, catching up on my life. So you're going to do Hellblade. You're going to do The Last of Us. You're going to do Last Red Dead Redemption, oh, 2, the Last of Strange Us, 2, The Last Guardian, Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, Bloodborne, Witcher 3, and now Hellblade. That's a fucking phenomenal list, man. Literally, literally games of the generation right there. Well, that's what I just played The Last of Us the first time a few, what, a month ago, a month and a half ago? And yeah, I, I saw absolutely you loved it. Okay, no so spoilers. excited no for spoilers. Last of Us 2. Yeah, no, no, no spoilers. <laughs> but now I just now I'm excited for Last of Us 2. And I wish I kind of would have waited because I don't want to wait for Last of Us 2. I want to play it right now. Yes. So, so I'll come into your stream sometimes when you do stream and it'll pop up on my phone and it's like, oh, Dan is streaming Last of Us. And I was like, I guess I'm not watching this stream. There was a few regulars that weren't jumping into my stream because they're waiting to play The Last of Us as well. So but it, it was fun. It was very fun. I enjoyed that game so much the uh the beginning man still i oh, think dude. the only the only moment like one of the only things that still is is ingrained in my mind is is one of the most emotional things i've ever seen in the game. yes i've never like been almost brought to tears by video games it's it's so crazy the uh roller coaster of emotions that you get in that game um it's just so yeah. great and and that's what i like about i mean obviously any type of game but like i i'm definitely a type of person that uh i, I get emotionally invested in games and i'll cry and like you you know, I definitely tears, but that that game literally, man, I was I was I was full blown. Oh yeah, <laughs> Hellblade movie, man. Yeah, there. I I mean, there's you know, I, I I get choked up at like even like Shenmue three, man. I get choked up at the stupidest shit, but it just it's, I get emotionally invested in these things, and it's just why I'm so passionate about what we do. So yeah, it definitely helps out a lot on that. I'm a passionate man. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't. Joseph Fars wasn't there, man. So mad. He wasn't there to, you know, fuck the Oscars or fuck the Emmys or fuck the Tonys. He wasn't fucking anything this year. It was really unfortunate. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Frank? Frank's on a bit of a dry spell. Not, 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 not that dry, to be honest. But all right. Uh... Just kidding. My wife listens to the show sometimes. She is. She, my wife has never been anything but passionate, but challenging lover. A little max level after dark. Uh, not done with next gen yet, though, because we did oh, see yeah. our first glimpse of a PlayStation 5 game, which was kind of like slyly revealed there at the beginning of the Game Awards. Uh, a game by the name of Godfall. They yes. di they didn't say anything about like platforms initially. And, you know, we, we knew that it was going to be like a Sony game because it had the, the PlayStation, you know, startup and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, you just see like at the very bottom PlayStation five. And I remember freaking out about that. So Gave what is Godfall? Bumps. Yeah, it looks really cool. What is Godfall? Godfall is a brand new next gen looter slasher, not looter shooter, looter slasher set in a bright fantasy universe filled with heroic knights and arcade magic. Godfall is a fantasy action RPG that utilizes high impact third person melee combat to engage players as they hunt for loot, don legendary armor sets and defeat vicious enemies. As players face challenging missions in the world of Godfall, enemies and bosses will reward fans with head turning loot as they are vanquished. Godfall can be played entirely in solo duo or three player co-op providing fun for all it obviously is going to be like a a mashup of of what you get with destiny what you get with borderlands all of these looter shooter style of games but it definitely has a much more appealing style to me being a a fantasy action rpg 
I'm very much looking forward to seeing what this is. And I did find out or not. I mean, I didn't find out, but some insiders kind of let loose that this is planned as a launch title. This will be day and date with the PS5. That is awesome. I am very excited for this game. Okay, now, see, I don't know how I feel about this game right now. I thought it was like Darksiders when they first started showing it. I was like. Oh, here comes Darksiders. Like, what are they on? Like eight? I don't know what they're on, but it, it, I was like, this is, I don't know. It looked very strange. Didn't show a lot of it. And I, I, I really want to see more of it before I'm sold on this game, which ha- honestly has me a little nervous and a game that I'm not super hyped for a game genre that I'm not super hyped for as well. A little nervous as to what is kind of coming as release titles for the PS5. Right. So obviously we know that this is going to be an exclusive title. Um, You know, a lot of Sony's first party studios either recently already released games. You like Ben Studio earlier this year with Days Gone. Uh, Obviously, we have Naughty Dog putting out The Last of Us Part 2 in May. Sucker Punch putting out Ghost of Tsushima in the summer. All both PS4 titles that will be backwards compatible on PS5, but still they're PS4 titles. So there really isn't, you know, a ton of studios that are currently might be ready. I mean, Guerrilla Games, they might have something, but I don't think Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is going to be ready for day one. I think it'll be release window. I could see Horizon Zero Dawn 2 being, you know, spring 2020 or spring. Eh, no, spring 2021. Sorry. I think it could be somewhere around that time frame because that'll be four or five years after the first game. So that's, you know, a decent amount of time for them to do something. But Santa Monica, the Neil God of War 2's, several years away. Spider-Man 2 is not going to be ready for launch, but I could see it being ready by 2021 as well, just because Insomniac works really, really fast. But I think that they were, you know, we we might be getting just like something like a third party exclusive like Godfall, maybe like Gran Turismo 7, because (sighs) Polyphony didn't uh, do too much with GT Sport. So I could easily see that being a launch title and would be a smart launch title because a lot of people buy PlayStation 4 Gran Turismo. Is that something I personally want? Not necessarily, but yeah, it, would, it would sell. It would sell well. Oh, it'd sell very well. Yeah. Yeah. After with, I don't know why we would need Gran Turismo though. With Fast and the Furious, you know, <laughs> true. Dreamcast. True. Fast, and Furious. Uh, Fast, and, Fast yeah. and Furious is definitely going to be the uh, best racing type game in, in 2020. Yeah, early contender game of the year, right? <laughs> I hope Hobbs and Shaw are in the game. <laughs> <laughs> You think back to the um, the PS4 launch, though, and, and it didn't really have any like major game either. I mean, it did, but it also didn't at the same time. You had uh, Killzone Shadowfall, which was the standout launch title. There was Knack. I was which, about to say, yeah, Knack. And then um, love me some Knack. And then Housemark put out uh, 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 Rezogun was the name of that game, which was incredible. Oh, dude, Rezogun is one of my favorite games to play. Yeah, Rezogun's still fun. So yes, ton ha- of House, fun. Housemark, a, a small studio that does work quick as well, could easily have something ready for the PS5 launch. They probably already are working on something for PS5 launch. Uh, and, and maybe Japan Studio will have something on, on, board, on, on the lines of like what Knack was. Maybe Knack 3. I have no idea. So uh, there is possibilities to have some decent things for PS5 launch, but I think it'll be much like the PS4 where, you know, when infamous second son came out in the spring of 2014, we'll probably get Horizon Zero Dawn 2 in the spring of 2021. And then it'll just start ramping up from there. It'll it'll take a year or two to really get a, a giant catalog worthy of some people switching over. But for people like us, it's it's a day one thing for sure. Uh, Godfall looks fun, though. Uh, definitely something that I'll definitely check out. I, I and you know, despite the things I've said, I'm still hella gonna check it out. Oh, of <laughs> still course, something of I'm gonna play. Yeah, 
Of course. And I could even see because I know Sean is is going to be picking up a next gen console. I don't think he's Ooh. sure. Sean, the guy that normally is on the show. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You've known him for a while. I just went down here. I just figured he was out of my life. I don't know. Oh, oh that is cold. That is so cold. I've known Sean for 22 years. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. Sean is committed to either buying a Series X or a PS5. And this relationship, apparently. <laughs> 22 years deep. We've, 20, we've been 22 through years. A lot, of com- a lot of commitment there. Uh, if he picks up a PS5, I could easily see this being a game that Sean would enjoy. So because it's it's that, you know, play with friends where he really likes that kind of stuff. So I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the Internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, anything we produce on our YouTube channel and daily news stories. So please, if you want a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it now and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much as we continue to grow. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. We're going to rewind a little bit to the PlayStation State of Play that took place on Tuesday because a major game that I predicted for the Game Awards did appear there. And uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of leaks started coming out as I was editing the podcast for the predictions two weeks ago. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, the remake and the included Project Resistance that we saw earlier this year in a total fake out move. uh, The announcer saying, you know, we're going to take a look at the campaign mode that's included in Project Resistance that, you know, they made it seem like it was going to be this first person unique thing. And then we see this cinematic and we actually, you know, it's Jill and oh, wait a second. This is Resident Evil 3. And I realized it before they showed Jill that we were looking at Resident Evil 3. Uh, I just had a feeling that they were going to do this after I kind of saw what they were doing. And they did. So the official PR that Capcom put out for this witnessed the climatic uh, climactic events of Raccoon City in a completely reimagined Resident Evil 3. So it's going to kind of be like Resident Evil 2 where they change certain things about it. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. This highly demanded follow up in the 94 million unit selling franchise comes on the heels of the award winning Resident Evil 2 and completes the Raccoon City story arc in Resident Evil 3. If you didn't know, stars member Jill Valentine, one of the video game's most iconic heroines, flees a city being consumed by zombies and other horrifying creatures. But with Capcom's prior uh, proprietary RE engine, which I'm so excited they're using that engine still Kyle because that engine was beautiful for Resident Evil 2. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Resident Evil 3 uses modernized gameplay to combine action with classic survival horror in vivid high definition. Jill's harrowing experiences in Resident Evil 3 take place in the nightmarish hours leading up to and following the events in Resident Evil 2, shedding new light on the plight of Raccoon City's residents. Every hope of escape is cut off by another star in the Resident Evil franchise, the towering bioorganic weapon Nemesis. This brutal yet intelligent monstrosity uses an arsenal of high-powered weaponry to indiscriminately eliminate any surviving star's member in the city with Jill being his final target. Did you see that an Easter egg from Resident Evil 2 for Resident Evil 3 was found just the other day? No. Where if you run into the police station and you run back out and take a right towards the gate, really low in the audio track, it says, Stars. Oh, no shit. So they yeah. already kind of given a clue that that was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm so hungry right now. I can go for a Jill sandwich. 
I'm so excited to play through this game again because, you know, Resident Evil 2 really was, as we as we talked about last week on, on the Game Awards, a, a standout game for for 2019. And the way that Capcom was able to change story elements and make the game feel fresh while still being nostalgic at the same time. I know they're going to do the same with three and it's going to be so much fun to re-experience a story in a different way. It's going to be really cool. It's one of my favorite Resident Evil games in general, so I have never played a Resident Evil game. That's crazy. Why? Why I know. I know. Why? I almost didn't want to say it. I almost didn't want to say it. <laughs> That's crazy. I know there's a lot of franchises that you were talking in on one of your Twitch streams, like stuff that you've not played. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get like I don't know, like I got stuck Destiny took up a lot of my time. Like I just yeah, I, I find games but I'm trying to uh, you know. It's it's fair. It's fair. I, I up until what recently I never played a Final Fantasy game, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, I've never played Final Fantasy as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're not really a JRPG is, or even an RPG guy. No, podcast, everyone, well, yeah, welcome yeah. to our no. gaming <laughs> podcast. We've never played Resident Evil, Final <laughs> Fantasy. Have you guys ever heard of the Legend of Z- Zelda? <laughs> uh, okay, now come on now. Now I might be. It's probably one of my favorite series of all time, right there. <laughs> I might play Resident Evil game tonight. Actually, I never played five or six, and those are all. On, those are what's that PlayStation service? PS Now? Yes, PS, PS now, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I might like hop into one of those tonight. I was thinking about it the other day. It's so funny the dichotomy of like the you know the spread of games that we all play here. Like you know Dan and and Frank are very similar in the games that they play. They're like looter shooters. I'm definitely heavy in like the JRPGs. Sean definitely heavy in like you know games where you can party up and play with your friends. Kyle and I big on like sentimental games. Like it's just we we all have like such a variety of games that we really do hit it all. <laughs> yes, we really do. We reach all audiences. Yeah. For, for real, cool. One of my biggest reveals was oh my god. Joe Joker from Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, Frank, the resident what, fighting guy. What yeah, Brian's I, love, like, I love some Mortal Brian, Kombat. Brian's like, who cares? I'm like, I care. Yeah. I didn't. We already know that was happening. We did. Yeah, but we, we didn't know when it was coming we did, out. We didn't know they were going to uh, okay. show it and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Sorry, it, was, it, was, it was it was a an interesting reveal in the middle of a commercial break. We need somebody on the show that's really into like those like X-rated uh, anime uh, visual novels. I, <laughs> I play those. I play oh, those. Oh, you just okay. Jess- yeah. Does Jessica play those? She doesn't play like a lot of the X-rated ones. She, she she's definitely oh. the visual novel person in terms of like <gasps> yeah playing as a female and romancing the guys, but they don't really get X-rated. Uh, whereas you know like uh, what man, I, a game I put a ton of time into a few years ago, Hoonie Pop. It's like a a game that uh, you know you're like matching these like just colored stones or whatever. It's very like a puzzle game, but the object is to like get girls naked. Super fun even, game. <laughs> even the title Hoonie Pop sounds like a sexual innuendo. I was about to say it sounds very dirty. Yeah, Hoonie Pop. Oh, such, such a great game, man. It, it was a it was a fun game. Popping them hoonies. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Who needs a professional League of Legends player? <laughs> so, whatever that's worth. Yeah, there was a there was a follow up to that game too uh, that I played. I think it was. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, I think it was called uh, Anti Palace Six. No, I think it was Tropical Tropical <laughs> Vacation. I think it was Tropical <laughs> Vacation. There's actually a game called Summertime Saga that uh, was crowdfunded, but it's all about like having sex and it's like a it's it's a crazy visual novel esque game. You can even like romance we, your we family need, we in need, that we, game. It's really weird. We have we have to crowdfund the guy game too. The guy game too. Nobody wants that. Um, the studio 
that's behind the Resident Evil 3 remake, uh, M2, is headed by Tetsuya Minami, the former CEO of Platinum Games. So this studio, I, and I'm not sure if this is their first game or not, but it is been in operation for over a year and it's comprised of several former Platinum Games and Capcom employees. Sounds like a pretty phenomenal crew of people working on Resident Evil 3. It's, so it is a different team that worked on Resident Evil 2. It's not the same team which is how they're getting it out so fast. It was kind of in development at the same time. Uh, and it uh, this studio received funding from Capcom when it was formed in 2017, though the company is technically independent and has its own projects in the works as well, besides Resident Evil 3 Remake. I'm a huge fan of Platinum Games. So the fact that the former CEO of Platinum Games is the founder of this studio gives me hope that this game is going to be really, really, really good. I mean, Bayonetta is incredible. Nier Automata is incredible. <laughs> Babylon's Fall, which we saw at the state of play, looks like so much fun. <laughs> so really looking forward to uh, to seeing what they do with Resident Evil 3 Remake. I'm I'm really happy that it's paired with uh, Project Resistance as well. Putting those two together, I think, is really smart. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think we kind of glossed over that a little bit in talking about talking about the remake. We definitely glossed over that. Uh, that's the the Dead by Daylight style Resident Evil game, and yes. that's going to be and so much something fun. Something that we were we were really excited for when they showed it, and I think something that we were going to get for, regardless. Yeah, had they had they released that for thirty or forty dollars, I think it's something I would have bought on its own. Now it's paired with the campaign of now Resident it's just Evil the multiplayer of this, yeah. <laughs> which That's is awesome. a wonderful, wonderful surprise. Yeah, huge, huge, huge selling point. Yeah, I'm I mean, both those just became instant purchases for me. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we've we and we kind of talked about this a little bit because it comes with Project Resistance. Uh, Resident Evil 3 remake is a PC purchase now. It's no longer a PS4 purchase because I would rather play Project Resistance on PC and don't want to have to worry about playing it on console. <laughs> That's fair. So we'll be doing that for sure when it comes out. Uh, April 3rd, I think it was the release date for Resident Evil 3 Remake. So really looking forward to that. Another game we saw a new trailer for at the Game Awards, a game I want to talk about here for a few minutes, Ghost of Tsushima. We found out that it will be officially releasing in summer 2020. The trailer delved deeper into the identity the hero is forced to adopt in order to save his home, the ghost. While Jin starts the game as a samurai, he'll learn skills and adopt tactics that are decidedly not samurai-like. And we kind of saw a little bit of that in the trailer because uh, he seems like he's going down a, a path that samurai doesn't normally go down. And I'm really intrigued by this game. I said this during our reaction video. I know there's a lot of strong games coming out in 2020, obviously, in, in terms of all platforms. But Ghost of Tsushima has a real chance to be one of the better games of next year. And I agree with you to that assessment because there's been so much hype around it. But I'm also really nervous for the same reason. And, and you and I spoke about this just a little bit, is that they just continue kind of showing us these cinematic moments of the game and no gameplay. Right. We've yeah. seen we've seen small portions of gameplay in previous very, conventions. Very small. Yeah. Very small. Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen small portions of it, but definitely not... Uh, enough to where I've been like, man, I I'm so excited and I am so excited. Like this is a game that's a day one purchase for me. It looks incredible and Sucker Punch has never really let me down. So I have a feeling that this is going to be an incredible game. But the setting, um, man, it's Tsushima, which is a place in Japan, Kyle, right? 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that. Keep going. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know, but it it looks it's such an incredibly detailed, incredibly vivid world. I mean, you know, we we kind of saw at the Game Awards, and Frank and I noticed it in our reaction video. Like there were uh, leaves that kept falling down throughout the event before the reveal. Like there was like one that would just float down behind Jeff Keeley. So I kept pointing it out every time I saw a leaf floating down. I was like, man, something's gonna happen. And I started realizing I was like, I bet it's for Ghost of Tsushima. And then they did the reveal, and I was like, there better be some fucking leaves falling from the ceiling. And then they did that. Uh, the 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 emphasis that they're placing on leaves in this game, like when you're actually in combat. Uh, you know, when you're doing things, the leaves move around on the ground and it shows like all the leaves falling from the trees. It's it's an incredibly detailed world that I cannot wait to explore. OK, so Tsushima is an island uh, off the coast of Nagasaki, kind of over by Fukuoka in the southern part of Japan, actually geographically closer to South Korea than it is to Japan. So, yes, it is a real. Place. Oh, wow. OK, it's only, really it's only cool. a 23 hour flight away. <laughs> shima the word shima actually means island like hiroshima means wide island but hiroshima is not an island so even though shima is in the name that doesn't necessarily mean it's an island like hiroshima so i could have made a guess there and but whatever but so yeah tsushima is a place it's an island so kyle you definitely like you were talking a little bit in discord about it like something a game that you're intrigued by but still not 100 percent sold on yeah I, just because i want to see more you know, I've I think I've been burned enough by games that have looked so great and have not played well in the past that I just want to see how the game plays. I want to see what the game entails, that it's going to be gameplay that I appreciate, that I want to play with. I'm just I'm just so annoyed that they won't show that. You know, it's been the 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 biggest tease for so long now that they won't just tell me what the game plays like. <laughs> Dan, is this a game you're interested in? It is not. Okay, I didn't think it would be. No, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't seem like your style of game. No, uh, it's not. I, had, I wanted to ask though to see if it was something you'd no, be interested in. No, that's fine. But... <laughs> I mean, which is which is kind of sad because it actually does look amazing. It does look like like you said, the leaves fall. I just like so much detail. To, it does look amazing, but yeah, it's not something that I will probably get into. Yeah, you tend to, except for like obviously like Nintendo experiences, and then even kind of surprised you jumped into the last of us. Cause that's, that's another game that I wasn't really sure that you would even be a fan of. Uh, you, you tend to stay away from those like cinematic type of experiences. A lot. Uh, true. It, it, it very true, but I am trying to get outside my comfort box and I'm glad that I did. Like you brought up with last of us. So, you know, I would have totally missed out on that great game. So I am trying to get outside my comfort zone. So anytime you guys recommend me a game to try, I would be more than happy for it. Yeah. Besides looter shooter, man, you're, you're more of the sports guy. So yes, yes. <laughs> NHL. Yeah, I'm a big NHL guy. Yeah. And I, another game I, that I'm I, sure I knew, I, I knew I would like Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in he's in good company here. Yeah. I, I, know, I, right? I, I, I love I love hockey games. Yeah, oh, cool. a lot of, awesome. A lot of, lot of hockey fans here. Hell yeah. But speaking of sports, another uh another Oh thing my that, god, look at that transition. Yeah, that was a great transition. A Holy crap, that was speaking nice. Speaking of sports, he said. Yeah, I love well, it. There's a, there's a reason I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, a game that I don't think you'd be interested in. Maybe you would, but I highly doubt it. Uh, Sports Story, a follow up to Golf Story, which we saw a few years ago on the Nintendo Switch. It's a game about sports, but not always. Various non-sporting pursuits provide variety. Alternate activities like dungeon exploration, stealthy infiltrations and fishing expeditions mean something unexpected waits around every corner. Sometimes it is even sports. So 
Kyle, I know you were incredibly excited about this one. Uh, you're a huge fan of Golf Story. I know I played Golf Story, really enjoyed it. Sean did not like Golf Story. It's a kind of it's it's sort of an RPG, it's sort of a JRPG, but, you know, there's also sports involved. Um, it looks really charming. It really, really does. It looks really great. And the first game was super charming, had a lot of humor to it. I, I liked thought it. The, I liked it. I thought the golf mechanics of the first game were really good, too. A lot of people had issues over kind of the repetitiveness of the first game. And I understand those to some degree. There was a lot of fetch quests in that game um, on the beach, getting the beach balls. That was kind of a really annoying part of that game. That being said, overall, the game was a lot of fun. There was a lot of really good humor and dialogue. Well-made game on the whole. Yeah. I've been waiting for a follow-up to that game since that first game released. Happy that it's coming. And there's been a lot of talk about what sport are they going to go into, right? Are they going to go into, you know, do maybe like tennis story? Will they do soccer story? Will they do volleyball story? And they said, hold my beer. Heroes. Well, they're doing all those. They're doing all those. Yeah, they're doing all those, which is really so, cool. Yeah, I, I'm actually really excited for that. And it looks like they kept, you know, some of the golf mechanics in there, too. Which, yeah, again, golfing's still there. I thought the golf was a really strong part of golf story. So I'm happy with that. And it seems like they're adding quite a bit more to do outside of, of yes. you know, regular like what we saw in Golf Story. Yes, I really, you know, from from this entire direct, one of my most anticipated games coming out. Yeah. And it is going to be exclusive to the Switch. Uh, you know, we're, we're just going to briefly talk about these last games here because we don't have a ton to say about them yet. Uh, you know, these are first looks that we just saw. So there isn't a whole lot of information but Sports Story does look like an incredible game, uh, and, and I'm sure it will stay exclusive to the Switch because I know Golf Story stayed exclusive to the Switch. So it's definitely a, uh, a fun little title for Nintendo to have up their sleeve. Uh, this it, They said 2020 for this one, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, I, I think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll definitely be something that uh, I'll be picking up next year. Yes, me as well. I'm very excited. Actually, in my notes, I had said that it looks awesome. So I'm. Oh, this actually, is a game. Yes, you, I, I, yes, I am excited. Okay. Yes, okay. I know. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm very, uh, very excited for it. You should. Um, I don't know if Golf Story ever goes on sale, but you should check that one out. It's the. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to do know. that. Totally should. It's. I, yes. I liked it. it. It is. It is definitely worth it. It's a. It's a fun game to. Uh, to experience and and golf. They, the way they actually did the golf mechanics in the game were really strong. It was really cool. I, I want to say that before we pop into the next one, which is my most hype announcement from the next one, there were some really cool games. I, I think that Boyfriend Dungeon looks really funny, really neat. Thank uh, you for agreeing with me that it looks great. Because Frank didn't does. originally agree with me that I it looked good. I actually think it does. Yeah, Boyfriend Dungeon <laughs> looks super funny. Where you can date your, where date your weapon. Date your weapon. Oh, man, yeah. it's, it's such yeah. a cool idea. Um, super uh, Mash. Skatebird. Skate Come on, oh, Skatebird. Okay, Skatebird. Skatebird. Yeah, skatebird. Way up there for me. You're a, you're a bird uh, on a skateboard. <laughs> Literally, that's all that needs to be said. Uh, Super Mash, a game that you add in different game genres together yeah. and it makes yes. new games for you. That Which looks really interesting. Available already on PC. It is comes it really? out. Yeah, it's Should already on PC. Yeah, yeah, it's know. on PC. Don't, don't, don't lie. I haven't bought it yet, but uh, I, I'm considering picking it up. But it is available on PC. Come to consoles. Uh, coming to consoles next year. I'm considering you're lying, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make that assumption. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's available. <laughs> Frank, I looked it up. <laughs> Frank I'm on Steam right now. Okay, okay. It's, um, I looked it up. It is. It is available. It might be on Epic Game Store, but okay. it's available on PC. Really? It's, it's not on uh, Steam. Look on Epic Game Store. I don't have that up right now, so I'm not. All you have to do is look on their website. So, uh, no. Super, Super Mash Epic Game Store. So I got to type into Google. 
by far the biggest announcement of the direct though is was the final one and kind of a surprise one coming into it um when tom hap appeared and announced axiom verge 2 friend of the show well i happen to know tom friend of the show well you don't happen to know tom but uh but but I do, Kyle actually I do does. As I do no, know Tom, no Tom personally. And, um, and oh, really? Aside from aside from you know how much I like him and his whole family, you know as as people and and all they've done for me and my family and how close we've been to them. Um, Axiom Verge is one of my favorite uh, Metroid type games of the ever. I'll say ever. I, I absolutely adore that game. I've played through it multiple times, and this looks like it's taken everything I love from Axiom Verge and turned it up to 11. This is such an incredible looking game. It looks the the brief little bit that we saw of Axiom Verge 2 looks beautiful, man. Like Tom is is really ta- and he does these games by himself, does he not? The as far as I'm aware, he does them solo. Yes. Um he has a he has a buddy that kind of helps with some of the business side stuff, but the development of the game, the music, the graphics, the, all of the coding, it's all him. Yeah. And he I mean, he works out of his own studio, uh, Thomas Hap Games, the name of his company. Uh, Axiom Verge was an incredible Metroidvania experience. And, have, you know, people have been kind of asking him and wondering on social media, like, where where's Axiom Verge 2? Blah, 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 blah. He's like, it can't really say anything right now. <laughs> and it's just it's so cool that um, they, they're partnering up with Nintendo on this game. Like, I, I think. The idea is for it to be a timed exclusive on the Switch. It seems like that. And then it'll hit everywhere else. I want to say that uh, Dan, the business side of that, Dan Edelman, who does uh, some of the business stuff on Twitter, I think he might have hinted that that was going to be the case. Yeah, because I kind of I remember seeing something like that. So that that's really cool if they're able to partner with Nintendo on that. And I think this game is supposed to be a prequel to the original Axiom Verge. Same world as Axiom Verge, but the story of how that world actually kind of, you know, generated. Uh, right, right. New characters, new powers, new enemies. Uh, it, it's cool. And you can, they, they, what did they say? You can either play it before or after the original. So it doesn't really matter because yeah. uh, it's it's a different story, but the same world. Really, really cool concept. I will say that. You know, at the beginning of the announcement, it says you may think, you know, the world of Axiom Verge. And I think the world collectively said, no, we don't like that. That game is so cryptic. (laughs) There's so much mystery in the world of Axiom Verge. I think we're all still very in the dark about much of it. But uh, I'm excited to dive back in. That was by far my most excited, the most excited I was for any of the announcements in that in that indie direct itching to get back into uh, the world of Axiom Verge. And I even asked you, I was like, did you secretly know about this? And you're like, I had no idea. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't. I don't think anybody did. Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping that you had the inside scoop, but uh, I'm glad that you didn't because it was definitely an awesome surprise for you. I even remember uh, I think you tweeted out on social media like, hey, sitting here watching this at work and look who shows up on my screen. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I took a picture of him. I'm like, hey, stop. I think you you tweeted it to his wife or something like that. I was like, look who showed up on my screen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, coming late 2020 to Nintendo Switch. Definitely a day one purchase for myself and Kyle, for sure. The game I want to close out with last year before we move on to some Kickstart My Heart, we found out that the Octopath Traveler team, you know, the team that originally made Bravely Default, we found out the game they're working on next. It's called Bravely Default 2, which before we talk about a little bit about the story is a weird name for the game because there already kind of is a Bravely Default 2. It was called Bravely Second. 
this was supposed to be the third game, which everyone was kind of assuming was going to be called Bravely Third. Uh, kind of weird that they went back to the Bravely Default name and they called it Bravely Default 2. But what I understand, it is a direct successor to the original game, which is why they called it Bravely Default 2 and not Bravely something else. So oh, it's like what, Final Fantasy X, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the idea. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What they uh, what they released alongside this uh, this brief trailer, a new world, a new story and all new heroes of light await in an original RPG experience arriving on the Nintendo Switch in 2020. This successor to the original Bravely Default game comes from the team that brought you the Bravely series in Octopath Traveler and features music from Revo, acclaimed composer of the Bravely Default soundtrack. Kyle, did you play either Bravely Default or Bravely Second? No, sir. But you did play Octopath Traveler. I did. Yes. You liked Octopath Traveler. I did. Yes. What do you think about Bravely Default 2? I think it looks amazing in terms of the graphics. The And they, I mean, that was the whole trailer was they were just showing off the environments and the sure. backgrounds. Yes. You know? Yes. I think it's very early development. Well, it's not very early. It's coming 2020, so it's not early right. development. Never not mind. super early. Forget what I just said there. Yeah. We will see. We will see more trailers, you know, closer to its release. But they showed a lot of the environments, a lot of the backgrounds, a lot of the art that they've done for the game, which I think is the strong point um, and and almost, you know, enough of a selling point for me because that was enough as a, of a selling point for me to get Octopath Traveler. I love the art in that game. So, you know, it, it's I do have a hard time investing myself in these very classic JRPGs because yeah, and that's really exactly what this is. It's very much it yeah. was it was made to be a throwback to the Final Fantasy exactly. VI style of game. Exactly. And Octopath Traveler was to a degree as well. And I like them. I like those games, but they are huge time commitments. They are huge kind of, uh, you know, commitments of your effort, you know, not just time, but you have to actually sit down and work on your character some. And so and so that's a hard sell for me just with, you know, limited gaming time as as I age and bills get more expensive. But I'm very interested, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I'm, it's a day one buy for me. Like, this is a game that I absolutely have to own. I'm a huge fan of the first. I love the second. I cannot wait to jump back into the world of the Bravely series. Uh, and, I, and I do hope that we are not done with the Octopath Traveler world as well. Like, I'd like to to see a, a sequel to that at some point in the future as well. These, these are a very talented team, and they, uh, they're pretty quick when it comes to making games. So looking forward to seeing what they do with uh, Bravely Default 2. Uh, have to assume that we'll see something more on that at the next Nintendo Direct, whenever that is. Hopefully next month. I really hope we're about a month away from the next yeah, Nintendo Direct. It's usually January. Uh, January, but I think there was one year where it was February. So it'll be either next month or February. Do not fail me, Douglas. <laughs> Hope, hopefully uh, I've got all of the technical issues that we had when we tried to go live for the Game Awards taken care of. Because uh, I, I do think I'm going to start going live for these reaction videos now just to ease some of the burden of putting them up on YouTube after the fact. <laughs> I got to go to sleep right away, but you know. But I stayed awake all night editing videos and then steam cleaned the house after that. I didn't I I was awake for like thirty some almost forty hours straight until I went to sleep last night. It was, That's it was brutal. Great. Yeah, when it you when brutal. you sent me that message, I was yeah, like, I was, still, I was just casually like, like it was like five forty five. I was like, Hey Dan, wanna be on the show tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, because I get up at five for work and I was like, How the hell is he still up? Oh my god. <laughs> I was still editing, cutting videos and uploading That's to YouTube. Crazy. I think when I messaged you, I was like, hey, they're about to start hitting YouTube right now. I think I was yes, uploading them. Yes. Yep, so that's <laughs> and then Jessica wakes up for work at 630. So I was done with that. Literally walked upstairs. 
hung out with her till she left and then started steam cleaning the house because we had to get done. We, you know, we rented a steam cleaner from Walmart. It was due back last night, so I had to do it literally yesterday. So I uh, did not sleep until, uh, man, it was rough. But anyway, that music right there. I mean, just time for a little, oh, yeah. Kickstart my heart. Hope it never stops. And I have a fun little pixelated game here that I saw not much on Kickstarter, so I didn't have a ton to choose from. So I, I went with something that uh, seemed kind of interesting to me. It's an interactive experience about life. And Kyle, I think you might enjoy this one as well because you tend to like these. Because I'm a furry. More, well, you kind of you tend to like these types of experiences yeah. I do that uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it furry, but, uh, you know, like sentimental I mean, type stuff. I mean, it is, it is anthropomorphic <laughs> mice, but. Sure, sure. Yeah. But still, no, this game looks, this game looks uh, really cute. I like it. A beautiful game delicate pixel art and an intimate original soundtrack. The name of the game is The Longest Road on Earth. The general tone of the game is based on total neutrality and the lack of text, which leaves all of its content to free interpretation. All this is guided by an original, intimate human soundtrack. And I want to know why they're calling it an intimate soundtrack like that. That definitely has me intrigued. I uh, cannot wait to hear what it is. And I like that they're saying it's a human soundtrack because, as you mentioned, the game does deal with these like anthropomorphic mice. So they're, you know, the game's not composed by mice. So I think that's the the joke of the uh, the sentence there. But in terms of the actual game, gameplay takes place through an interactive representation of local everyday life, customs and mannerisms in different settings and points of view. Thus, turning on the lights, serving in a bar or looking at a bouquet of flowers are a crucial part of the journey. In fact, that's it. There's no challenge that tarnishes the experience. The team chose pixel art as their medium with an iconic black and white style, yet detailed backgrounds to an enhance neutrality rather than a nostalgic tone, as well as promoting the player's interpretation of the game world and character's feelings. All scenarios are built keeping an eye on details to cause different impressions in players. The game chapters will describe everyday life moments, memories, and perceptions of different people throughout the world. The team has not yet decided how unrelated people will be to each other, but in any case, the game will consist of the snapshot of conventional people living normal lives in commonplace situations. The first chapter of the game has six original songs composed with themes and lyrics that seek the serenity and simplicity of what is known by all of us. Feelings, emotions, situations, and perceptions that aren't extraordinary yet define us as human beings, our stories, and how we share our lives with each other. It sounds like such a cool freaking idea. I actually really, really like the sound of this game a lot. Yeah, it, it's, really it's like well written. Yeah, the black and white graphics, the pixelated style. It's it's a well-written campaign that, you know, it, it elicits those emotions from you. You know, this team based out of... Uh, Bilbao, I think is how you would say that city, Bilbao, Spain. Uh, the cheapest way to get into the actual game is with a nine US dollar pledge, get you a digital copy. Not that expensive to jump in on this one. Frank, I don't know if this would be something that you would actually enjoy. It not might be, it's but I don't know. I, I listened to the song on the trailer and it was, it was pretty. Yeah, it's, it's it's beautiful. And I know, Dan, this is totally not up your alley, but... It, it is not, but just like kind of looking at some of that, like it kind of reminds me of uh, Monkey Island. Like just like... Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, definitely. I uh, a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I wonder if there will be any like point and click type of uh, of gameplay on this. There could be because it definitely looks like there. You know, it would lend well to the style. Yes. But 
it, uh, it it's very intriguing to me. The the black and white style, as you mentioned, Kyle, with the, with the pixelated graphics, it gives it this unique vibe. Game that, Boy Game Boy printer. Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It gives oh, it this man. unique vibe that it, that I don't think any other game has really explored uh, in terms of you know this like mainstream appeal. And if this if this catches on, like it looks really cool, and I would love to see this style come come through in, in more things. They're targeting it looks like December 2020, so roughly a year out from this game coming out. Uh, they're looking for what are they looking for? Roughly eleven thousand dollars US. Uh, currently sitting just over five thousand with 158 backers. Still 23 days to go. I do think obviously at this trajectory, it's roughly almost halfway there. It's gonna hit it, and I'm excited about that. There's no stretch goals listed. Uh, again, it, it's sort of a, a little bit of a bare bones uh, campaign in terms of that. But some of the rewards that they're giving out are are pretty cool, like the printed bundle, the artistic bundle, the musical bundle, uh, and the e, you know the eternal gratitude, which you get uh, access to special concert. And I, I wonder what that's going to be like. I bet it's a concert of the in-game music, which would be really cool to go see. <laughs> Especially if like you get to just hang out with a team and that kind of stuff. But I think this is a game that uh, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on because I, I certainly want to see more of this. I want to know what the whole appeal about, like why the game was called The Longest Road on Earth. Like the, the very first gift that you see there is it literally just looks like a satellite version of like a Google Maps thing. And they're just... Kind of yeah. like going down this one road. Like I really want to know that is what, interesting. Yeah, what or how that plays into it. Like what or how that plays into it. So that that's something that I that I definitely want to see. Again, on Kickstarter.com, the name of the game is The Longest Road on Earth. Go check it out. But Frank, because you won the Metacritic game earlier, you do get the final words of the show this week. And yes, if you notice, Bonus Stage is not here. It has been retired. Bonus stage will not be coming back, but it will be replaced with a new segment starting in our first episode in 2020 uh, on January 6th. So look out for that in about three more weeks. But which is a Thunderdome episode. Is that right? Which is a Thunderdome episode, baby. Yep. A Thunderdome episode. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get Dan involved for this Thunderdome. Five uh, Thunderdome. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm, we'll, I'm gonna we'll, commit to it right now. We'll, we'll get Dan involved for that live from a five-man Thunderdome. Uh, nope. I, there's gonna be, you know, some games near the top of the list that I don't think we've ever seen at the top of the list before, if, if with Dan included. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I might break some hearts, guys. I really know you I'm will. Gonna, oh yeah, you, you absolutely will. <laughs> I hope they announce Shum U4 really, really soon. This way we can just take it off now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like the, there, there would be wait. potential for like, you know, in, in the summer with like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima, which I think near, deserves to be near the top, being eliminated really early. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited already. Yeah. So it's it's going to be crazy to see what actually wins. But uh, I, I think Sean might miss that episode. But if he does, then obviously I'll have his list handy. So he's still participating as well. But the final words do go to Frank. Uh, I'm going to go for the cheap plug here, then. That's what I like to do. Uh, BG Mania every Wednesday, 5 a.m. Uh, we're doing a special episode. It's going to be the best games of the year episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we got 16 tracks from the, in our opinion, best games of the year. The yeah, for sure. Need for Speed Heat. <laughs> <laughs> Days gone. Two games not on the list. Days Gone, a winner of Thunderdome. So uh, it did win. It did. It did win Q2 Thunderdome. Please, please, please give it a listen if you know if you're listening to this this podcast. It's, it's another great one to listen to. Um, very interactive. If you send us a track and give us a story, 
We'll definitely talk to you. We'll shout you out. Join us on the Discord. Yep, it'll make it'll make it in the show for sure. It absolutely will. And if you're looking to send me Christmas presents this year, my PayPal account is. <laughs> <laughs> and that is going to do it for this week. I want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level, made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Nobody wants to send you Christmas gifts, Frank. I'm joking. Regardless of the podcast the, service the you're listening to. fans are my gifts. Be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash auto games. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash auto games and click that follow button. Speaking of Twitch, Dan, you do stream on Twitch. What is your Twitch? It is crazed 11. That's uh, K-R-A-I-Z-D-1-1. Yes. Uh, looking to continuously build up your followers. You go live like roughly five times a week, right? Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty religious. I got a wife that uh, likes uh, is very understanding of it. And uh, so, yeah, I try to go uh, live. Monday is pretty much my only off day, but every other time I could be streaming oh, six days a week. OK, wow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, so anywhere <laughs> it's like weekday, weekdays, uh, Tuesday through Friday, uh, eight, eight to ten. Well, probably later on Fridays. And then, yeah, Fridays to Saturdays will be my later streams. But during the week, uh, 8 to 10 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, check uh, check out his stream. Uh, yes, make sure you give do. him a follow. Uh, a link to his stream will be included in the uh, description of the podcast. So if you can't remember exactly what he said, just check the links and it'll be there. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook would be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Like Frank mentioned, our Discord link will be in that description box as well. Join us. Come chat with us. We have a lot of fun. Dan's Twitch will be in there. All of our links in that description box. Until next time, keep gaining experience until you reach Max. 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 Level. Level. That was some demonic shit, man. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you, guys. That was uh, yeah. channeling my inner thought. That's that's how I speak to my children. We don't we, we, we don't <laughs> have we have no music three. at the end. I mean, three. 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 exactly. No Steve Austin coming in with the three. Uh, that is hilarious. Every time he plays, that is hilarious. Uh, yeah, Sean is sorely missed when he's not here. He he doesn't know it, but he's totally missed when he's not here. By everybody. By the listeners. By the listeners. We need every. We need Sean. Sean is, you know, Sean is the lifeblood of, of Max Level. Oh, yeah.